I was doing a dive about 60 feet when I saw this dude with a million teeth. Barracuda. My bottom time was out, my tanks were dry when that silver dude gave me the eye. Barracuda. Now every diver knows that you've got troubles if you try and make the top ahead of the bubbles. Barracuda. He's the meanest critter in the sea, and he was coming after me, and I knew it had to be the end. If the good Lord helps me make it through, I promise I'll teach Sunday school. Never ever will I sin again. Now the books don't agree on what to do, so I took my chances and headed for the blue. Barracuda. I went up 20, sucked my last air, and I looked back once, and he was there. Barracuda. Like a lightning flash, he came after me. My future was short, so I stayed in the sea. Barracuda. He's the meanest critter in the sea, and he was coming after me. And I knew it had to be the end. If the good Lord helps me make it through, I promise I'll teach Sunday school, and never ever will I sin again. I lost my fear after his first bite. We went round and round. Was a hell of a fight. Barracuda. We parted our ways in the bloody sea. I had some of him, he had some of me. Barracuda. Now he took it all on his last pass. It was Grand Cayman where I lost my hat to a Barracuda. He's the meanest critter in the sea, and he was coming after me, and I knew it had to be the end. If the good Lord helps me make it through, I promise I'll teach Sunday school, and never ever will I sin again. I mean to tell you, that was one big fish. He made Jaws look like a sardine. He was big. Uh-oh. Uh Here he comes again. What, what, what do I do now? And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the Barefoot Man from the Cayman Islands with Barracuda. This album all is, ab- is about scuba diving. It's all about scuba diving. Come scuba with me, the Barefoot Man with Barracuda. And today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview I did with Marilyn Manson from May the 11th, 2001. Marilyn Manson versus me, Nardwarta Human Serviette from May 11th, 2001. 
And to prepare you for Marilyn Manson, here is a band that will be playing with the Dead Boys. The Dead Boys featuring Cheetah Chrome on guitar and Johnny Blitz on drums Saturday tomorrow at Pat's Pub with the Alien Boys. The Dead Boys, the Alien Boys, tomorrow night at Pat's Pub. The Gung-Hos will make an arrival. We're going to hear a couple tunes by the Gung-Hos. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for sending me these tunes. The Gung-Hos C. Thomas Howell. C is spelled S-E-E. And Howell is H-O-W-L. C. Thomas Howell. And then Detonation Sound. And then Sharks by the Gung-Hos, who are playing tomorrow night with the Dead Boys on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show.
you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there the gang hoes from Vancouver, BC with sharks. And before that, detonation sound. And before that, see Thomas Howell by the gung-hos on the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. Coming up, an interview I did with Marilyn Manson from May the 11th, 2001. And further to prepare you for Marilyn Manson, as I kind of mentioned before, the gung-hos were preparing you for Marilyn Manson, but as well, I wanted to prepare you for Marilyn Manson by going back to... Barefoot Man. Yes, Barefoot Man from the Cayman Islands did an entire record all about scuba diving. I think it's from probably 1980. And we are going to hear this song by Barefoot Man called The Well-Equipped Diver. Then we are going to hear some drum drops, which actually is a record you can buy and learn to play drums from. So we're going to hear the intro from Drum Drops and then an interview with Marilyn Manson from May the 11th, 2001. So here right now is Barefoot Man with Well-Equipped Twiver on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show! I'm a scuba diver, got a lot of gear, a regulator and a fishing spear, a BC compass, a diving watch, a bank stick that hangs between my crotch, my weight belt snorkel, prescription mask, my super jet fins, I go real fast, I go real fast, I go real fast. I'm a scuba diver and it's a gas. Got an underwater camera with a brand new stroke, a bendomatic and a pressure hose, a sea view gauge and an auto inflator, a decom meter and a spare regulator, a zodiac and a 20 horse, an underwater Polaroid, it must be the first. I got a scuba doo album, I gotta have that. If I get cold, I got a diving cap. Diving cap, a diving cap. I'm a scuba diver and it's a gap. Got an underwater lantern with a power source. Seven different wetsuits in all color sorts. Got an underwater timer with a diving knife. And a shark repellent to save my life. I got every diver's patch that was ever made. Subscription to skin diver that I've never paid. I'll be paying in a lifetime to the city bank. Today I bought a new scuba tank. I'll get out of heart. I work real hard. Now all I need is my C card. My C card, my C card. Now all I need is my C card. Hi, my name is Joey Vieira. 
I've been a writer, arranger, and producer of rock acts, commercial jingles, and music scoring for film for around 15 years. In 1956, I asked my music teacher if there was anything like this album on the market. He said no, but thought it was a fantastic idea. <laughs> that was 22 years ago. Today, some major companies have machines that can electronically simulate drums as far as a few basic feels and a tempo control. But to me, there's still some definite negatives about them. To begin with, they range from $100 up. The style of feels are dated, and you still can't program them to give you a drum fill going into a chorus or out of a verse. In other words, there's no pickups or transitions. And so, drum drops. The album for songwriting, practicing, or playing any song on any instrument. You now have a drummer accompanying you on 12 contemporary styles of music, from disco to rock ballads. The tempos all vary, and each cut is totally arranged. Songs from completely different categories can be played to the same drum drop. Since the emergence of rock music in the early 50s, all hit songs have a pattern of arrangement that are basically the same. I've chosen an arrangement that is standard, from rock and roll through country to ballads. Every drum drop will be counted off in the tempo of the selection. Each drop begins with a four-bar introduction, and all verses and choruses are arranged in eight-bar phrases. All but three drum drops will use the long-form arrangement. See the back of the album to read what I'm saying. Each verse we call letter A, and each chorus letter B. So the long-form arrangement reads as follows. First, the count, then the four-bar intro, then verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, repeating the chorus until the fade. There will be drum lead-ins and pickups on each transition every eight bars. Now with the help of one of Hollywood's top studio drummers, Mr. Dave Krigger, Let's get on with the application of instruments. A drummer does two major functions. Without him, a band is totally empty. Number one, he sets the tempo and keeps it there. And number two, he determines the feel of the song. You're listening to Medium Rock. This drop can be heard in its entirety on drop number three, side two. Let's begin with a guitarist who is writing a song in the hard rock style, but using the medium rock selection for the feel. First, the count. One, two, one, two, three, four. The four bar intro. Now listen for the drum lead in. And we're into the first eight bar verse. Yep, that's hard rock, all right. Let's take the same drum drop again, and the guitarist will show you what this album is all about. One, two, one, two, three, four. Your four bar intro. And into the first verse, in a totally different feel. Let's take the same drum drop, medium rock, using two completely different styles of bass playing, and even in a different key. One, two, one, two, 
Are you who aren't I is a better question <laughs> you are Marilyn I'm Marilyn I'm Manson sometimes uh, my parents gave me the name of Brian Warner um, some people call me doctor as a nickname but uh, I'm a little bit of everyone that's what I try and remind people that no matter how bad or different or uh, interesting or strange people think I am uh, it's a little bit of everybody in me. And you're up here in Vancouver, BC, Canada, talking about your throbbing, uncircumcised member. Please tell us a bit about that, Marilyn Manson. Not my throbbing, uncircumcised member. I'm circumcised. It, it may be throbbing from time to time. Uh, I was pointing out uh, how the words uh, are letters arranged in different ways. When you arrange them just right, you get things like throbbing, uncircumcised members. Now, Marilyn Manson, you can also arrange numbers, numerology. On your first couple of records, there was quite a bit of numerology. Lately, hasn't been as much. Any comment? Uh, there still has been numerology. This time around on the new record, I was using a lot of the numbers that exist uh, in the tarot. It was very esoteric numerology and things like that. But 15 is my number. Aren't you working on some tarot cards, too? Is there going to be Marilyn Manson tarot cards? I know there were some sort of tarot cards, but is there going to be Marilyn Manson tarot cards? I think we may eventually put out a deck. Uh, I like the aesthetic value in all tarot cards, so I wanted to do my own. Is there Marilyn Manson lipstick? There used to be, strangely enough. There was uh, at one point. Uh, it was bright red, but uh, now there's no Marilyn Manson lipstick. I have an action figure, though which is not safe for children under the age of four. But That's not a Todd McFarlane one, is it? No. Uh, I thought everyone does the Todd McFarlane doll. So I sought out some Japanese manufacturers who allowed me to include uh, weapons and throbbing members in my action figure. So it would be much more interesting than the average Todd McFarlane ones. Although he is Canadian, and you are in Vancouver, BC, Canada, right, Marilyn Manson? I am a fan of Todd McFarlane but I just had to have guns and throbbing members in my doll. So what about some of the imagery that you really like? Jodorowsky or Kenneth Anger. What can you say about that sort of stuff? You kind of um, really enjoy that type of stuff, don't you, Marilyn Manson? Enjoy. You kind of enjoy that stuff. Um, I think it's, it's the type of... Uh, they're both the filmmakers that uh, inspired the era that we're in, you know? And, uh, and I like to pay tribute to them. I think Kenneth Anger is kind of way out there as well as Jodorowsky. But, uh, what can you tell people about them for people that don't know? Well, Kenneth Anger was someone who was very much involved in the occult and worked with the Rolling Stones and Jimmy Page. And uh, I think his films were more experimental than Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky is someone I'm actually making a movie with later this year or early next year, hopefully, called Abel Cain. So that's an honor for me because well, he's one of my heroes. He's 70 now, but he's still a genius as always. And you are Marilyn Manson? No, Marilyn, you love films. What could you say about some of these films that are just jotted down, you know, and the importance of them? And number one, The Holy Mountain. That's, that's my favorite Jodorowsky film. I think it's, uh, it deals with uh, religion in a, in a different storytelling sort of way. And the imagery, uh, every scene, I think, is just 
something uh, beautiful, even if you turn the sound off. It's just a beautiful film to watch, something that's inspired a lot of my videos. What about even dwarves started small? I actually have that film as well. I thought that that was... Uh, that's Werner Herzog, right? Werner, Werner Herzog, yes. Uh, very, uh, I guess he's an eccentric, sort of uh, the German version of a Jodorowsky in a way. I like that movie. I thought it had a lot of... Uh, they used dwarves to tell, uh, I guess, a more universal story about discrimination. I thought it was a good, good movie. Now, speaking of Japanese, Mojo the Beast. That one I haven't seen. Mojo the Blind Beast, I should say. <laughs> I still haven't seen that one. Crimes of the Future by David Cronenberg. I, I've seen all Cronenbergs, but I'm not familiar with that one. Marilyn Manson, David Lynch, Eraserhead. You like that flick, right? Who doesn't really like it, right? Of course. Not my favorite of his, but I, I do enjoy it. Now, there's a rumor. Are you going to be working on a movie with uh, David Lynch there? Are you going to be working on a little movie with him that has Billy Ray Cyrus in it? I heard there's a little rumor you're going to be working with Billy Ray Cyrus in a mullet, Marilyn Manson. It sounds like a fantastic idea, but uh, no, that's not true. I did do a tiny cameo in Lost Highway. Um, I think uh, Lynch is kind of going in a different direction with his films now. I think uh, more of a mainstream. So I'm not real sure what his next film is. But uh, always a fan and uh, consider him a friend. But I don't have any Billy Ray Cyrus projects coming up. Marilyn Manson, did you once approach Jella Biafra to be in a film? Jella Biafra once told me this, that Marilyn Manson had approached him. I met him in Europe. and. Uh, I may have been drunk and said, let's make a movie, but uh, I didn't approach him. He approached, we approached one another. Do you think he might be in a movie, or do you think you might put him in a movie? Didn't he play a Canadian border guard in a film? Yes, he did in Highway 61 by Bruce McDonald. That's exactly right. I saw that. No. I wouldn't be opposed to putting him in a film. Well, Marilyn Manson, speaking of hockey hair and mullets, Creed, what about Creed? Are they really the striper of the new millennium? Those are your words, not mine, but I think that that's a quite an accurate description. Actually, I thought you might have actually said that. I noticed it on the MetalSludge.com website. Have you checked that one out at all, Marilyn Manson, Metal Sludge? I've seen that. Well, I can say this without uh, using any defamation of character, that uh, if they are the striper and they are the Christians that they say they are, I have seen them at... Uh, liquor-serving establishments, which I find to be very unchristian-like. You know, I don't know if you're going to like this or not, Marilyn Manson, but um, if you could hold the mic here for one second. Sure. Uh, what, what do you see? What, this, I think, really offends you. Just uh, put the mic to your face. What do you see here? I see a very hairy chest. But it's quite impressively shaped, though. There's a, there's a symmetry to the way the hair is grown on your chest. Now, I understand, Marilyn Manson, that that kind of disgusts you slightly. Not necessarily. If it's, uh, I myself don't like chest hair on my own body, but I don't mind it on other people's bodies. That's, that's their body. Marilyn Manson, Quiet Riot. Did you bring them in one time to play a private party? Did you help bring them back? Unfortunately, I think I may have been responsible for bringing them back. I did, uh, did have them play a party. Come on, feel the noise. Why? What happened? Have they been hitting you up for opening spots now? No, but they, they were on some uh, VH1 return of something or other, and uh, 
I feel like uh, I put them back into the public eye, which maybe would not have been a good thing to do. Marilyn Manson, what about King Diamond? Are you a big King Diamond fan at all? Uh, the rest of my band is, but I, I missed the King Diamond thing when I was into metal. Somehow it escaped me. Because for people that don't know, there's a lot of comparisons between Marilyn Manson and King Diamond, aren't there? Our voices are very similar. He has that real high thing that I can't really do. But. but like the name, you know, King Diamond, Marilyn Manson, you both sing about the occult, and you're both ordained by priests, by Anton LaVey. Is he also? Yes, he was the first rock and roller ever to be ordained a priest of the Church of Satan, the guy from King Diamond. King Diamond, just like you, Marilyn Manson. Well, I guess maybe we're not so different. Marilyn, I was wondering, when you were ordained a high priest, did you actually get to check out Anton LaVey's place? Because friends of mine actually have a couch from the ritual chamber. What's it like there? Um, he, he, I considered him to be a good friend. I, I've spent uh, many occasions at his house. Um, I think it was what, what people would expect, I guess. You know, it, he, it lived up to my expectations. It was, it was a nice place. Did you cry when he died? I didn't cry, but I, I, I was sad because I, I, it was kind of like a, an uncle, in a way, to me. You don't think he's going to come back as a vat, bat at all, do you? I would hope that he would. That would be probably his dream. Well, Marilyn Manson, a couple quick questions here. You covered I Put a Spell on You by Screaming Jay Hawkins. I did. That's a great song. Now, he recently died. Did you realize he had sex 21 times a day? No, but that's a fantastic thing that may have uh, caused his death in some way. Have you ever been able to compete with that number of all Maryland 21 times a day for sex? Do you think you'll be able to be up there with Screaming Jay? I think I'm at 11 is, is, is my average. He also had 57 kids. That's a lot of kids. A lot of mouths to feed. A lot of skulls to shake. Well, Sorry, we have to go. <laughs> oh, um, they have a plane to catch. They're going to be late. Uh, just, just going to ask you one last thing. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. I did an interview with Corey Feldman a little while back, and he was stoked to be in your book, but then he was kind of scared because did you turn on Corey Feldman? Because I know you're a great Corey Feldman fan, Marilyn Manson. What was the deal between you and Corey Feldman? I think he was uh, disappointed that um, some of the comments I made about him, but I felt that they were all in... Uh, good spirits. I wasn't trying to be cruel to him. Well, you but said he, he, was, he was never the actor that Patrick Dempsey was. I find him to be my favorite 80s actor. You said it was offensive hanging him with, was, would be with pissing in a deaf girl's ear, him and Leif Garrett. That's what you said in Pulse magazine. No, I think that's mixed up a little bit. There was some pissing in the deaf girl and there was Leif Garrett, but they were never all in the same room. Great. Well, thanks so much. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doo. An interview with Marilyn Manson from May the 11th, 2001. Right now, here is Dr. Dre's first record. I looked on Discogs, maybe it's a second, but it's definitely one of the early Dr. Dre recordings. I think it might be his first self-titled record. And here is the instrumental version, speaking of drum drops, which was in mono for you to enjoy. But right now, in stereo, is Dr. Dre's first record, The World Class Wrecking Crew, or The Wrecking Crew, Surgery, Dr. Dre, the instrumental, the instrumental version of that track on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. 
straight. Yo. Soon to be a problem on the back damn floor. What is it? Man, the freaks ain't freaking. No problem. Give me 1,200 cc's of technique. 1,150 cc's of Newmark. Newmark? Yeah, Newmark. Four doses of CBV35. 750 cc's of BGW and stand back.
still listening hopefully to the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show you just heard right there Kitty and a Rooster official bio official bio Kitty and a Rooster official bio from Vancouver BC and thank you Kitty and a Rooster for the sucker too you gave me the CD and the sucker Kitty and the Rooster. Kitty and the Rooster's official bio. And before that, we heard the B-side, the instrumental version of Dr. Dre's first record, pretty much Surgery, featuring Dr. Dre, Rabbi DJ Clientel, the Wrecking Crew. Right now, I'm going to play something by John Jimenez. Shout out to Betty Crespan for finding this record on one of his hunting crate digging expeditions. John Jimenez, also a member of The Addicts, tells you all about pick up on this kid. Or he tells you to pick up on this kid if you're a kid listening and or if you're an adult listening. You will hear what John Jimenez has to say. And if you want to join CITR Radio, come on down. You too can be a DJ. If Nardwar de Human Serviette can play John Jimenez, so can you. On the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show. Today for our assembly, we have an expert in the field of narcotics. His name is John Jimenez. He's traveled extensively throughout this country and throughout South America, speaking on the evils of dope addiction. So without saying anything further, I present to you Mr. John Jimenez. Thank you. The topic today is dope addiction, its involvement, how big it is, how easy it is to get involved, what happens once a person does get involved. How big is dope addiction, for instance, in the United States? Anything and everything to do about dope. And uh, after I tell you a little bit about myself, I'm going to open up for questions and answers. And I'll try my best to answer you. Things I don't know, but can. Now, your best friend, or you turn around and say hi there, or wink at him. <laughs> the reason, the reason why we do this is because a lot of people have the idea that. Uh, there are evil, sinister-looking men hanging around the schoolyards 
and campuses trying to entice, trying to entice young men and girls like you into trying dope. Well, let me tell you, it's not true. 99.99% of the time, it's a friend that introduces you to dope. Supposing, just supposing that you were coming to school, right? And I usually uh, wear a black hat and a black coat. And, and if I met you along the way and I said, hey, kid, come here. <laughs> you know, you'd look at me and wonder, and I'd say, here, smoke this. And I'd put, uh, try to put a cigarette or something in your mouth. You'd probably start screaming for the cops, right? But, if your best buddy, like I had a good buddy when I was only 11 years old in school, one day my best buddy came and said, hey, John, man. And he said, he said, Dick, John, I got something real good. Said, what do you got? I said, come on. So I went out with him. We went downstairs. This is in the school. Two little kids, 11 years old. And he pulls this long, thin, white stick out of his pocket, like a thin cigarette, and he pops open the end of it, puts it to his mouth, and lights bagging on it real long. And I'm watching him, you know, with my eyes big, you know. I'm expecting him to drop dead or something any minute. But he takes one drag, then he takes another, then he takes another, then he passes it to me. Well, he's my buddy, right? In my neighborhood, we call him Ace Boone Coon. He was my Ace Boone Coon. So when he offered me the cigarette, I took it. And he said, now take a big drag and hold it in. So I took it and I, I took a big drag and I held it in and held it in. He said, hold it, hold it. And I got all swelled up and finally had to let it out. Then I took another one. It was a little easier. By the time I took my third drag, I was an expert. I knew just how to put it to my mouth and how long to hold it in, you know? Well, a couple of days later, hey, John, we'd go outside and he'd light up another stick and boom, boom. Hey, John, yeah. Then after a little while, it wasn't hey, John anymore. It was, hey, King, you got anything? See, now I was looking for him. He didn't have to look for me anymore. Then I found out who was his connection. And then I used to buy my own marijuana. And I'd get high sometime before I went to school, sometimes right in school, and after school. But there was a teacher in my school, and I know you kids don't have this problem here. There was a certain teacher in my school that I just couldn't see eye to eye with. I didn't like the way he taught, and he didn't like the way I learned. <laughs> so we couldn't make it together. So what I did one day, I tried to burn down the whole school, and I got caught, naturally. I'm at the age of 11, and I'll tell you this, because it's needle in
few that my own guns, as they call it, guns, paraphernalia, works, gimmicks. All this means just the instruments that the addict uses to inject himself, which is a needle and a baby. In a little while, I'll tell you why it's the fire, okay? Now, when we started shooting up the first one, two, three capsules a day in the cooker, then four and five and six, and as our habit grew, we had to get more and more money. At first, we could uh, get it off our parents or, or borrow it somewhere, but after a while, we couldn't get it that way, so we had to begin to steal little things. We'd boost little things, uh, uh, steal little things out of stores, uh, steal a radio here for two or three dollars, and then get a few capsules. You're still listening to Nardwar, the human serviette radio show on CITR Radio. You just heard right there, 
Hecla from Winnipeg with Milk Sick. And I got a note from Hecla. Thank you. Hello, Nardwar. Please check out my buddy's music. It's pretty gnarly. Or so I think so. You can call Ryan for more information or to talk about Dr. Octagon, chicken and waffles, or whatever you want. The Hecla Island team. And that was Hecla Island with Milk Sick from Winnipeg, Manitoba. And for that, a little bit of John Jimenez. Right now, we're going to play some Malcolm McLaren with Hobo Scratch on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And Malcolm McLaren is such a trickster. I'm not sure if he wants us to play this on 33 or 45.
You're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That was a little bit of Malcolm McLaren's, well, the entire song, some 33 RPM and some 45 RPM of Hobo Scratch by Malcolm McLaren. And thank you also, Moses and the Firstborn, for sending me this cassette. They have a cassette club happening. Moses and the Firstborn are from the Netherlands. Thank you for sending us all the way from there to me, Nardwar, the human serviette. And we're going to hear some Moses and the Firstborn from the Netherlands. We're going to hear right now the song, If I, on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
And the firstborn on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with If I. Now, to end the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, I thought I would play some more drum drops, volume one of drum drops. Now, this should not be in mono, but you're going to hear a couple tracks from drum drops, not only instruction which you heard before but you will hear in addition because you've already heard the introduction some funk rock some straight rock some medium rock and maybe some three-quarter country rock from drum drops on the nardwar the human serviette radio show
One, two, one, two, three, four. One, two, one, two, three, four.